Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dum-de-dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. As ever, we've been caught prancing around and embarrassing ourselves. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall. And Quentin Rayner. And with an average age of 200, there's no shortage of oldies either, thanks to you, our long-suffering Dum-de-dumers. This week's Dum-de-dum tune is from Stephen. What a brilliantly crafted collab that was. Loved it, loved it. <laughs> and we're lucky enough to hear thoughts from Stephen, Jen, Rob, Bernadette, Stephen a second time, formerly cycling Christine, Christina, and they're back, a non of Ambridge. Oh, Plus, yeah, she'll be happy about that, won't you, friend? <laughs> Um, plus, also coming up, we have Tweet of the Week, the Facebook Roundup, and predictions for next week, as well as another Dum Dee Book Dum. Marvellous. So, Quentin, how was your week? Any highlights? I had a cultural highlight, Philippa, oh. and uh, that was an evening of Indian dance, which is something I haven't really enjoyed before or, you know, witnessed, I suppose, except on the, on the telly, and to see it in real life was fantastic. Yes, went mm. to the, the Playhouse in Nottingham, famous theatre, and it was a wonderful evening um, because it's it's beguiling the dance because you look at it, you think, oh, not a lot's going on really, and then you start to really look and you think, see what is going on, and that the feet are phenomenal and the hand movements, the fingers opening up like petals, 
and the eyes as well are doing a lot of work and the stamina the dancers have because the dancers are long. So that was mm. fun. Enjoyed that. Uh, I was in Suffolk as well for the internment of my uncle's ashes. Um, oh, gosh. But it was, it was lovely, actually. It was a short, simple, touching little service, just seven of us, along with two dogs. Oh. So he he would have approved. That was that was sweet. That was nice to um, to complete yeah. it. Um, and I've got a sore arm. I had my booster jab yesterday. Well done. Um, I'm boosted. How about you? Yes, uh, a, a busy week. I think we could say I got roped into some filming that I hadn't expected. Then I went to the Hay Festival on Friday, which was lovely to do. I nearly cried actually because it's two years since I was last there. It just felt a little bit normal and it was very safe and well-managed. So that that was good. And then yesterday we had power cuts and water cuts and I ended up doing a Zoom with you, Quentin, with a head torch on. Yes, it's very becoming, I have to say. <laughs> you, you look like a caver. Um, I don't know what's going on in Shropshire yesterday. We had no water, no power. Absolute, absolute nonsense. Um, I mm. presume you were, you were mobbed at the Hay Festival, presumably, <laughs> weren't you, as, a, as an influential <laughs> book reviewer? Well, you'd be impressed, Quentin, because I just booked a couple of events uh, that were on early in the day because I thought they'd be the quietest. And again, I'd feel the safest. Didn't know who it was. The first one was a chap you may have heard of called Henry Blowfield, who turned out he was going to talk about cricket all the time. Henry Blowfelt. Blow, ah, that, yeah. Him blowers, as well. blowers, TMS and all that. Yes, blowers, yes. yes. Considering I have no interest in cricket whatsoever, I couldn't tell you one side of a cricket stump from another. It was really interesting and the stories he had to tell crazy. and his view on what's happening in cricket at the moment, I thought were yeah. really, really good. He's a great raconteur, isn't he? Yes. Was yeah, he wearing absolutely. some outrageously coloured trousers as well? He normally does. He had a be- uh, this brilliant uh, sort of silk orange shirt, a yes. bright green cashmere top, this lovely silk scarf and <laughs> jeans and trainers on. I just thought, yes. yes. Well, we'll get you interested in sport one day. But something else we did this week, Quentin. I don't know if you can cast your mind back I, to earlier I've, on this week. I've erased it from my memory. <laughs> we just we recorded a, a video for our Patreon people, didn't we, Quentin? We did. We did. We 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 bring gifts again this week, Patreon. So if you want to see this video delight, do be, sign up to be a Patreon. Um, I would should warn you that it's a split screen, and Philippa looks uh, serene and composed. And you can marvel at her marvellous complexion as she sits there by her microphone. There's me freezing my watsits off because I'm outside. I thought I'd show you South Wallminster. South Wallminster depends how you pronounce the town. So there I am. I'm, it's a dreadful camera angle. I've got a runny nose. I'm shivering. But <laughs> you can just just stare at, at the at the right-hand side of the screen and just listen to me. But uh, it's there for you, isn't it, folks? <laughs> Yes, we've been having some great feedback from patrons, so th- thank you for that. I mean, we include something that happened with us and the BBC a few weeks ago, uh, and you reveal a fact we didn't know about you, Quentin. So, uh, yes, and we've got a lovely email from Christine about that coming up later. But if you're just wondering, what are we talking about? What's Patreon? Go to patreon.com, type in dum dum You can see there are different tiers of support. It's just a way of uh, tipping creators, and we'd be very grateful for your support there. Anyway. Enough about that. Quentin, Mm. Clary discovered the best macaroons in Paris. So what loons did we uncover in Ambridge last week? Quite a few, quite a few, Philippa, because we had our own cider with poses, didn't we? As Eddie and Clary managed to renew getting hitched with many a hitch. 
Slur Up Sunday now looks set to become an Ambridge staple as the Reverend Alan got sloshed on the apple juice, had a rush of blood to the head and started singing Coldplay before collapsing in a stupor. A desperate Eddie was compelled to utter a line none of us thought we'd ever hear. Well, go on, Oliver. Say you'll marry me. Eddie, I do know how lucky I am. Oh, get away. I'm the lucky one. I love you, Clary Larkin. And I love you, Eddie Grundy. And off they skipped to Paris. <laughs> From a half-cut vicar, cut to Chelsea's pixie cut for Linda. <laughs> you need to chill, Lil, the stroppy teenager told Linda's startled friend. There ain't going to be nothing dodgy going down tonight. I know what I'm doing. And she did. Linda was exhilarated, declaring her pixie for the palace had taken years off her, as well as revealing her massive eyes and impressive bone structure, according to Chelsea. Tipping her handsomely, the impresario spotted an opportunity and promptly recruited Horobin Jr. to do hair and makeup for the mysteries. However, Lillian firmly declined the mega offer of a short fringe. Corruption was rife this week. Ed and Will both bribed George a tenor each to wear a suit. Jazza was fleeced £30 by Chelsea to become friends with grungy little Grundy, while the soggy little Lentil only agreed to befriend Miss Horribin if Will bought her the joyful environmentalist book before Christmas. Linda was worried about cold cows at Brookfield and Alan went cold turkey after a drunken gif went viral. He took a sobering call from the bishop, who punished him with the task of giving the dreaded keynote speech at the multi-faith Operation Borsetshire Benevolence do. In his desperate attempt to understand what goes on in the heed of a teenage lassie, Jazza was upbraided by Jim for finally entering middle age over his worries about Chelsea. The eponymous teenager gave Blake a Premier League haircut, negotiated a truce between the two men, complimented Jazza that he's not too bad himself, and we all learnt a new word, garms. Finally, in a scene we'll never be able to pluck from our collective memory, Oliver talked turkey gobbledygook as he and Ed desperately tried to herd the creatures back into their pen after they'd made a bolt for it. Afterwards, Oliver told Ed, We shall never speak of this again. Are we agreed? Fat chance of that on this podcast. <laughs> we did it, so, We did it. <laughs> Not too many squirming children listening in. <laughs> yeah, can can I just make the point to anyone listening to this in bewilderment? We're not trying to be good. We don't think we can do accents. We're not. We know. We, we know we're bad. But that's that's we're the just, fun of it, really. We're just trying to review the week in a funny, <laughs> offbeat way. <laughs> yes. Right. Shall we? I think we need a break, don't we? Shall we go? <laughs> I need to lie down after that. No, we've got to carry on, Quentin. And we've got okay. to find out what you, our fabulous Dumpty Dummers, made of it all. Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first of all, we have Stephen, who is all stirred up about Sunday's episode. Hello, you two. Stephen here. I'd like to start with the uh, Book of Common Prayers Collect for last Sunday, which was the Sunday next before Advent. It goes like this. Stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may of thee be plenteously rewarded. <laughs> That's right. 
it was stir-up Sunday, and for only the second time since 2007, we didn't have any reference to it. It's one of the fixed points in the Archer's year. We always go to Brookfield, or occasionally Grange Farm, or once even Lower Loxley, and hear Archer's or Grundy's stirring up Christmas puddings and Christmas cakes. And yet this year, we had none of that. We just had a ridiculous storyline about a drunk vicar. It would have been the perfect opportunity, for instance, for Ben to introduce Beth to this long-standing family tradition. After all, if Beth is going to inherit the Brookfield Arger, as I think she should, she needs to learn the traditions that go with that responsibility. Stephen, I, he's he's excelling himself this week, isn't he, Stephen? I mean, he's done our, he's done our Dumpty Dum at the top of the show, and now he's done a collect to uh, stir up <laughs> Sunday. There's quite a bit of uh, unrest, wasn't there, on tweet on the tweet along about about this that uh, one of the mainstays of the Archers calendar was uh, not mentioned this year. As, as Stephen said, he was a font of knowledge about uh, the Archer's backstories. Uh, the second time since 2007. Hmm. Wow. How do people find out these facts? It's staggering. Um, I uh, I mean, I renamed it in the review Slur Up Sunday. I mean, you know, we got to the, <laughs> the drunk vicar, um, which uh, Stephen found uh, r- ridiculous. And a, a lot of people felt hmm. that this week was, was all rather stupid and silly. I have to say, on first listening... I enjoyed it all. I thought it was well acted and there was a good laugh and I genuinely chuckled. And I, I thought the um, haircutting scenes between Chelsea and uh, Linda and Lillian were also fun and really well written and acted. Uh, on Listening to it again at the Omnibus, it, it did wear a bit thin, all the um, uh, turkey, not rustling, but trying to, the turkey herding and the, um, and the, and the drunkenness. It was all a bit, a bit cliched, wasn't it? It was a bit sort of... Um, uh, farcical, literally. I think somebody said on Twitter it felt like Brian Ricks had written this week's episodes. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed them, um, but I can see why people were frustrated. I know people felt very strongly that uh, we should have had stir up Sunday. It is, it is a, a tradition. Yeah. It's, to be honest, it's one of those that passes me by. It's not one of those I'm really that bothered about, but I can see why people like it because it's you know stirring up the Christmas pud and cake. Mix. It's all very important. I, I presumably you, as a massive cake fan, Philippa, were appalled. <laughs> well, I'm more concerned about the consuming of cake than the making of cake. But yeah, it hadn't even occurred to me until I heard St- Stephen's call. I am not on Twitter as much as you are, Quentin, so I didn't see other people mentioning it. But yeah, thank you, Stephen, for bringing it to my attention because it is. It's one of the traditions, the traditions of leading up to Christmas that we hear in Ambridge, and it's that routine that's a comfort. So. What else are they going to stop? Are we not going to hear the turning on of the Christmas lights this year? Unless they've got an electric uh, power cut like like we had. Our Christmas lights were supposed to be turned on in the town yesterday. And, of course, they couldn't because was, there was no power. But, yeah, are we not going to hear the turning on of the Christmas lights? Will there be no Christmas, no New Year's Eve? I mean, the trouble is there aren't episodes that are coming out on Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. So we aren't going to hear that the, the fun of others going through Christmas, the ups and downs of their Christmas days. We're just going to be hearing the mystery plays. Um, but mm. we're putting our faith in scriptwriter Kerry Davis uh, to to work those oh. well for us. Is he writing the Christmas editions? Yes. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. What did you think of the, the rather farcical week? I've known worse. You know, I've always got the the week on the Isle of Wight to compare it to and oh, anything that was is a, better. That was than a low, that. wasn't it? Oh, dear, exactly. It was mm. there, there were some there were some highs and some lows. I was cross with people, but I'll come on to that uh later in this in this episode. Um but yes, we should have Stir Up Sunday. I mean, how did they miss that off? I'm sure Archers HQ have all that information. I don't know how it got missed. And it can't have been a deliberate decision to exclude it in a year when we all cover sort of traditions. And Well, I mean, it, it should be a red flag on the calendar. Only the second time since 2007, mm-hmm. there's no reference, as Stephen said. So they, I can't believe they weren't aware of it. They just obviously thought, oh, well, let's make it the third time since 2007. Oh, no, the second time, yes, let's just do it again, yeah. And as Stephen said, it would have been a great way to see the relationship between Beth and Jill and the um, inclusion of her more into that family. So, uh, I mean, could it happen this Sunday? Does it have to be last Sunday? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But Stephen, thank you so much. And now we go on to Jen, who is seeing the hand of Shula at work. Greetings, Quentin and Philippa. Jen here. Um, Calling in on two fronts. One, Obviously, my prediction is correct. If Sheila's going to have any career as a vicar and run her mega dairy, mega riding stable, whatever it is, she needs that parish. And she's obviously doing anything that she can to get hold of it. I think this is the start of dragging Alan into disrepute. Um, I suspect that drink was spiked and I definitely suspect that George Grundy had 50 quid in his back pocket to make the gift and ensure that it got in front of the bishop. I mean, how does a gift get from George Grundy to a bishop anyway? Definitely the hand of Shula. Um, so that's it, really. I will be following this with interest, but you heard it here first on Dumpty Dum. Thank you, Jen. Yes, your prediction, as you say, you think it's correct. Shula's out for Alan's business she needs the parish oh my goodness she spiked the drink she paid george grundy to make the gift the hand of shula i, I like that very much now if i don't, if, I don't buy it well it, my understanding is if shula is non-stipendary so if she has opted to do um the course on the basis that if she gets through she will not be paid for the work it will be done on a voluntary basis she could spend her days helping in the parish and not take over from Alan but if she needs the income as Jen said with all the money that's going to be spent on on horsey prancing and she needs the money then yes I mean the parish can't support paying Alan and all his alcohol consumption not uh, and Shula so what, what's what's gonna what's going to happen I mean will she be spiking the communion wine next i i don't know i it was a bizarre event to hear alan's drinking and i was glad to hear the use of the bunting glad to hear that was back uh, um, it, um made or found i was put i suggested on twitter bunting eh where yeah, did I they make it, was, it or did they find it i thought it was made with turkey feathers <laughs> that's if you can catch them yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> oh. the, I, uh I don't buy it, Jen. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> Jen's been banging on about this all week on Twitter. She's convinced. I mean, does Shula even know what a GIF is? Does she? Have we ever seen or heard Shula use a mobile phone? We haven't heard that she doesn't. 
And uh, if if there was a way she wanted to get Alan in trouble, that's that's the way to do it. I mean, it's like a scene out of an Anthony Trollope book, him getting in trouble. Obviously not for a gif. Also, Alan quaffed up to three pints very quickly. So Very that's quickly. Awful, I mean, spectacularly that, fast. So it's an awful lot of spiking that Shula had to do. Shula wasn't even at the ceremony anyway, was she? So... When did she have the opportunity to spike, presumably, a great barrel of cider? <laughs> or just the um, one drink? She swooped in, invisible. No, he, he, he was thirsty after having, a, having his ear bent by Neville Booth. Uh, he hadn't eaten. He wasn't aware of how strong the cider was, and he got absolutely hammered. Simple. I don't, she, I don't, I don't think Shula's that, that mean to do that. I don't. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think people are too mean about Shula. But Jen's convinced. There's no, there's no convincing her. Well, so, I love these sort of predictions and uh, there's always evidence that, that you can use. So keep going, Jen. Let, let, let's see where we go. Please. Jen, you're fabulous. Keep calling in. <laughs> and now we go to Bernadette, who has a theory about Wednesday's episode. Hi, it's Archer's fan, 2015 here, Bernadette. Um, I've taken up the, the challenge put down by... Um, 13 Minute Man, Wednesday's episode of The Archers. To me, it was the equivalent of an Only Fools and Horses episode. If this was meant to be a lesson on how to catch turkeys, it didn't really work. Now look, Oliver's a good bloke, but to reduce him to the level of a village idiot is unforgivable. And the scriptwriter who did that either hates the character or hates the actor, or both. Anyway, um, so much for Oliver coaxing the turkey by calling it puss, puss, puss. Surely Oliver would know the difference between a cat and a turkey. (laughs) Then there was the issue of throwing nettles at the bird instead of feeding the nettles to it. Although, to be fair, I initially wondered myself what the nettles, nettles were for, but quickly worked out that you meant to feed the turkey with it, not throw them at it. Well, I did listen again, and it, it wasn't as bad as it was initially, but I've got a theory now that uh, the scriptwriters do their worst episodes on Wednesdays. So if you've got a friend you want to introduce to the archers, I would avoid Wednesdays. <laughs> Bye for now. Well, uh, well, uh... Uh, as we know, Bernadette is an enormous authority on the archers. So if she has deduced that Wednesdays are the worst episodes, therefore they must be. Something I've never noticed, but I'm not going to argue with Bernadette. Um, she uh, she decided, didn't she, that uh, Wednesday that Wednesday episode wasn't as bad as she, she first feared. She's, she thinks uh, she doesn't like the way that Oliver, who I'm a big fan of, we all love Oliver, was reduced mm. to a village idiot. Uh, I... I Again, I, I, I said before, I, I quite enjoyed all that nonsense first time round. Um, and the actor, Michael Cochran, is, I, I like as an actor anyway. And I, th- I thought it showed his, gave him a chance to show his comedic credentials. I thought he was funny, actually. He's very good at delivering comedy. And I've seen him in comedies over the years. He, he, is, he is a funny actor. So I thought that... I, I, <laughs> I thought he enjoyed spreading his wings about, uh, if, if you uh, pardon the turkey pun. 
Well, funny the, 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 why I sort of warmed to it a bit. That whole scene is up back in the day. Um, I one Christmas I did turkey plucking as a as a holiday job. <gasps> really? Oh, was it dreadful? Yes. I had no idea what was involved because there was this threshold of death. The, you know, the turkeys were alive that side. They were then hauled across and, you know, oh. next rung. And we had to pluck them straight away. So like, I was like, for the first day, well, two days, it was an utter shock. I didn't know what I was doing. But isn't, isn't it funny how certain things trigger certain things? Because whenever I hear Rod Stewart's, do you think I'm sexy? Yeah. It takes me straight back to turkey plucking because it was number one in December 1978 when I was a 17-year-old plucking turkeys <laughs> yeah so i don't I think, think that's what he intended when he came out with that song <laughs> i have to say no, but <laughs> to me it's do you think i'm sexy is all about turkey plucking oh no i could completely appreciate the frustration of the two of them chasing turkeys because we had to go and get some escaped turkeys in one one day i seem to remember and uh, they're not easy to herd in but when you when you actually catch a turkey, they're they're pathetically submissive. They completely give up all resistance as soon as they're caught. And you think nature hasn't even give you given you the instincts to keep running. <laughs> so what do you what do you think of Bernadette's Wednesday theory? Uh yes. I mean it was like a fools and horses episode, but just a, a- a bad one. I think maybe it's better to encourage new listeners to start on a Wednesday because they're starting at a very low level um, of good listening. And then every episode after that will just get better and better. So it can only go up. Yeah. Good, good idea. Yeah. I thought this, the, the nettle grabbing was, I thought it was awful because they were encouraging Oliver just to pick nettles up with no gloves on by the sound of him saying mm. ow all the time. And nettle and so stings are not gave- nice. They gave uh, Alan some nettles to hold as well. Yeah, ow, ow, ow. Yeah, I, I didn't know what the nettles were for. I was confused as well. I thought it was to sort of encourage them to move in a certain direction, but it was actually to come and eat them. I didn't know turkeys ate nettles. Who eats nettles? Oh, I, I thought you only warm it up in a nettle soup, cook it up exactly. in a nettle soup. Yeah. I don't know, but okay. Here's here's my issue. They are showing that Oliver is part of the family because they keep roping him in for things. And yet the family, we don't see the upside of that. We don't see them ever doing anything for Oliver. We don't see them ever caring for him or respecting him as the new family elder. It's just a one-way road with this. And I'm really getting quite cross. I love Oliver as well. And Mm. I just wonder, Bernadette's right, you know, does the scriptwriter hate the character or the actor what are they doing chasing turkeys and doing that bizarre impression of a turkey there's a gift going to be made of that and not in a good way i yeah i'm i'm very upset on oliver's behalf and i think the, the grundy family need to respect him it was a good turkey impression from from michael cochran I have it, to say. we didn't need to hear that he may get a medal for the best turkey impression in the world but we don't need to hear that well i didn't anyway i think we had enough gifts this week haven't we yes um, oh dear but you're right they do they have consistently taken advantage of his good nature over the over the last few weeks haven't they Yes. Originally, we saw them sort of taking him into the family when he was on his own and really grieving for Caroline and and missing being part of a family relationship. But since then, nothing. They just use and abuse him. And I think it's it's terrible. I want to see either Oliver saying no at some point, because he can't keep doing this, or 
them doing something special for Oliver. That's what I want to see. This Christmas, come on, Grundys, pull it out of the yeah. bag. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. He deserves something nice from the Grundys now. He's done a lot yeah. for them, a lot. Yeah. And I, I'm a big fan of Oliver, so I'm all for that. Excellent. Well, we'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I'm wondering how to do it, here's how. Well, Philippa, we call ourselves the People's Podcast, don't we? Uh, hmm. There's one thing that's essential for us to justify that title, and that's people. Mm. So please do feel free to populate Dumpty Dum. If you want to record a message or a plot prediction, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red tab on the left, which says send voicemail and submit your call that way. I say this every week, but it really is very, very easy. And the good thing is that you can spend all day there having as many goes as you like and nobody will know. So uh, don't worry about that. Another way to send in a call is to send a WhatsApp voice note to 07957 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK to add a plus 44, and please do keep it to a maximum of two minutes. Right, so let's get back to those calls. And first of all, we hear from Rob, who has concerns about Oliver. What's happening to Oliver? The spectre of dementia has been cast over the village already, but the turkey chase was the most damning evidence yet. First, I was concerned about the way the Grundys seemed to be spreading their abuse of him even further through the family. The way Ed spoke to him didn't sound like the younger son of a tenant begging a favour of the landlord. It was more like... I've decided this is urgent, keep your coat on and I'll tell you what it is when it suits me. And then it was, do this, do that, what do you mean you don't know what you're doing when it comes to rounding up turkeys? So now two generations of the Grundys have decided that Oliver is the family lackey. But then I started worrying about Oliver's mental state. I know his limited farming experience was a beef hobby herd, but how intelligent does he really think turkeys are? Maybe his poultry experience comes from watching chicken run. The final straw for me was the attempt to round up a loose turkey by cooing, here, puss, puss, puss. What's it to be, scriptwriters? Rural ineptitude or the first signs of dementia? <laughs> Thank you, Rob. That's brilliant. I really like the fact that you're calling in now, Rob. Please please keep it going. We want your calls. Uh, yes, Ed didn't sound like he was begging a favour from the landlord. And as you say, two generations of uh, grunders bossing Oliver around. It, for me, it just sounds like he's used by every Grundy. First of all, he was used by them to provide a home and lower the rent, and then probably he's paying them to stay in the house. Now, he was second choice to do the vows because Alan got drunk. He was second choice to use the ballroom because Eddie's booking had let them down. He was second choice to chase the turkeys because there was no one else to help. It, you know, If it was me, I would start to feel really um, not just put down by, but just that I wasn't anybody's first choice for anything. And Oliver, you are our first choice. So so, so don't worry. I mean, I was just astounded by that. I was also astounded by Lillian this week going on to Chelsea and then started raising the issue of the car accident. Lillian, not impressed with you, not impressed with the script writers for Oliver, not impressed with Lillian. And I wasn't actually impressed impressed with Blake as well. I'm sorry. I know everyone's going to get cross with me, but he was so against Jazza. You know, I've got to go away. I've got to go back to the Elms, get out of my way. Jazza has just tried to help him. I know he thinks that Jazza um, is sort of colluding to keep Philip 
Moss in jail, which Chesser isn't at all, but he's just got that twisted in his head. And um, and the issue with having the journalist as well, he thought Jazza was involved with that. But Jazza has always been on Team Blake. And thank goodness Chelsea was there to sort it out and a pie and a pint cure, cured the ills. But uh, yes, I was cross with Liz, Lillian. I was a bit cross with Blake for a little while. And I was very cross with the script writers about Oliver. But I don't think he's got dementia. We've all, As you said yourself, Rob, the story's, that story's been covered fairly recently in the archers the, the dementia thing we all had these theories about neil didn't we i, I was peddling mm. them myself when he got all forgetful and i think that was battered away and I, I don't think oliver's showing the first signs of dementia i think he was just having a bit of a laugh to be honest um, he, um this notion that he's been badly treated by the grunders which we all he deserves respect from them and he, and he deserves a special treat from them we all agree but just the con I, I, you know you could say it proves that he's being treated as a member of the family and that they just talk to him like a Grundy. And in a way, that's a backhanded compliment. They don't see him as the landlord, the boss or whatever. He's one of us. So you do just turn to them and you do sort of snap and you do just, you don't doff your cap because he's a family member. So you could look at it that way. And Ed, it was a, it was an emergency, wasn't it? Ed thought it was Will coming through the door and he started talking to Oliver like he was Will. It happened to be Oliver and he said, oh, you know, can he, I need your help now, as you would. So I don't, I think we're all reading too much into it. We didn't hear Ed say, oh, thank goodness, Oliver, I appreciate it so much. There was no, and the Grundys are very, well, Ed and Will's relationship is a, is a different one, but um, like Clary, when she's talking about the boys, she's very, oh, and oh, you're so wonderful. Well, they can and, do oh, no wrong. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there has to be some warmth and it just felt... Well, I think there was, at right at the end, you know, when when... when Oliver said, um, you know, we shall never speak of this again. And, and Ed sort of laughed and said, deal. There, there was warmth there. There was affection. And, and Ed owes an awful lot to Oliver anyway, doesn't he, for giving him they that small do. herd. Yeah. yeah, but they all I think they... I think Ed is really very affectionate and fond of Oliver. I just think Oliver didn't want Ed mentioning the various impressions, animal impressions that that Oliver did. I don't know. Yeah, but Ed you're did one as well. You're very forgiving didn't, today, or am I just Ed, in a cross mood? You are very cross because you had no power or water for eight hours. But um, <laughs> nine and a didn't, half. Didn't Ed start doing some gobbledygook noises as well? They don't. They all yeah, got in just, on the act. It was just Oliver's that stood out in its awkwardness. No, I'm I. I hear what you're saying, Quentin. Yeah. But I'm sticking to my story. They need they need to make it up to Oliver this Christmas. Oh, I agree. I agree with you that. But I don't. I think we're all reading too much into it, and I I do think it shows how much he is a part of the family now. I do um, think if it had been Ed and Clary, say, rounding up the turkeys, Ed would have been more considerate and warmer to his mother. And I I it was, but he was desperate, wasn't he? I mean. Yeah, he was desperate because one key was flapping around that then turned into six or seven. But Yeah. So you, you, you do sort of drop social niceties when you're desperate about something. Um, mm, not anyway, other story. things you were cross about. Uh, you were cross about... Uh, Lillian. Lillian. Oh, she was a dreadful snob, wasn't she, throughout that, yes. that entire scene? Terrible. Um, and she really didn't like the fact that... Linda loved her haircut yeah. uh, and um, declined the short crop to go and see Fabrice. Um, I, I, th- I think she'll, there's a little bit of glint of envy there, I think. I think she might give in to a short crop eventually. 
But that, yeah, mm. I thought that was a that was a well written scene. I, I enjoyed. I mean, Chelsea mm. was magnificent this week, wasn't she? She really was top draw. She's been written. She's been written for very, very well by the scriptwriters. Whoever wrote, yeah. she was writing Chelsea has, has really got her to a T. I think. And I was just rooting that the hairstyle would be okay because I just thought, mm. please don't make this a bad one, just as it was with Russ. Please, please let Chelsea have some real strengths about being a hairdresser and yes. help her with her identity. And yeah, I was really pleased about that. But Lillian, tut, 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 Lillian. Tut, tut, tut. Um, I did notice on Twitter, uh, Lucy Downs at Lucy Downs 28143 said this, and this is something I've slightly worried about. She said, uh, I love Chelsea, but don't let her wipe Tracy from the script. Mm. And there, I have mentioned this before. There is this danger. She's such a mirror image of her mum. Uh, and the way she talks, her accent and everything, her demeanour. Is there room for, for Tracy as well? I hope so, because we all love Tracy also, don't we? And she's becoming a bit more of a sort of serious, nagging mum now these days. So we don't want to lose Tracy. So we love Chelsea, but not so much that we lose Tracy. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we only heard about Tracy through various text messages to yeah. Jazza. And yeah. it's interesting. We hear more interaction with Jazza and Chelsea than we do with Jazza and Tracy. And, yeah. and yet, in my mind, their relationship is still quite young. Yeah, and so I want is. to hear hmm. more of, of the, the two of them just, you know, having well, fun. I, and- I like the scenes between Tracy and Chelsea because I think they are very yeah. well done as well. Uh, so... Yeah. We mustn't, we mustn't have a glut of Chelsea at the expense of Tracy, yeah. is all I say. I'd love a scene with Tracy, Chelsea, Susan and Emma. And I would love to see how Chelsea and Emma sort of interact and the, the niggles yeah. there. I think that would be quite Well, they've been very quiet to. for a while, haven't they, Susan and Emma? They have, but who knows? Who knows what next week will will deliver? We'll have to see. But anyway, we need to go on because we've got another call from Stephen, who this time has thoughts about the Chelsea-Mia relationship. Hello, you two. It's me again. I was a bit disappointed that the Chelsea and Mia storyline seems to be wrapped up so quickly. Those two young women have so much more to learn from each other. For Chelsea, I don't mean learning about the climate crisis, vital though that is but about thinking more broadly about the world as a whole. Chelsea is clearly very bright, like her mother. But like Tracy, she's not going to make the most of her intelligence just focusing on what's in at any moment. Mia can help her find a broader perspective. And for Mia, it's mostly about having fun. Not necessarily in the slightly nihilistic way that Chelsea charges through life, but at least in the sense of finding joy in the world. And, if they can once again persuade Jazza and Will to fund them to do this, so much the better. After all, Ambridge needs a girl gang to challenge the power of the Button Sisters. And working together, Mia and Chelsea would be unstoppable. That's a good point, I think, from Stephen. Mm. Um, often storylines are started, aren't they, and then drop very quickly. And you think, oh, there's a lot, yeah, there was a lot of potential there. Um, I mean, Trevor is one that springs to mind straight away. We all warned him instantly and he's disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Robin... Fairbrother just pops up occasionally and everybody gushes about him. So, oh, more Robin. So I, I don't think we've heard the end of Chelsea and Mia, actually, Stephen. I think there was there was mutual intrigue between the two of them and disdain and contempt for grungy little Grundy, whatever she called her. Um, 
uh, and so, what was it? Soggy little lentil as well. I mean, there's some great lines, <laughs> great lines in there. Uh, I think they. It's the opposite, isn't it? I think they're intrigued, and I, th- I they may well end up being friends for all the wrong reasons. I hope they do because there was a spark, and there was like that conspiracy thing when they were duping the stupid dads and boyfriends and, and um, <laughs> ripping them off for books and money. Um, so I, I think um, I hope it's uh, that uh, that seam is is mined again by the scriptwriters. I'm optimistic about it, Stephen, <laughs> but I share your disappointment that it seems to have been dropped. But um, I think it will be rekindled. Okay, here's my view. I have always liked Mia, particularly when she was sorting Eddie and Clary out. And I've always thought, what a what a wise young lady she is. And when I heard Chelsea referring to her as Grungy Grundy, I thought, that's very unkind. And then I heard Mia trying to talk to Chelsea and I thought, oh my goodness, Chelsea, I agree with you. Mia's just so ill-equipped to converse with anyone her age. But then, you know, she's got... Uh, William as uh, as a contact, as a family contact, you know, it's not going to work well. William thinks that the best way uh, for Mia to cope with anxiety over the future of the planet is to go and kick a ball in the park, you know. It's not going to end well. And the incident with the oat milk, I love that. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, Chelsea wants two sugars and normal milk in her tea and, and oat milk. I have to say, I like oat milk. In my quest for a good cup of tea, I've been converted to oat milk, but there we go. Um, Manky milk. Yeah. Manky milk that Chelsea referred to. I have to say I do prefer milk in my tea, but the, uh, my wife has oat milk and she swears by it. Yeah, it it improves a cup of tea, I would say, but that's just me. No. Yes. I've got this new biscuit tea that I'm a particular fan of. Have you heard of it, Quentin? These bag, tea bags, biscuit-flavoured tea. These flavoured teas, I don't, I don't, you shouldn't muck about with tea. No, but this is done by the Yorkshire Tea Lot, but it's biscuit tea. So it's proper tea, but just it feels like there's a biscuit being dunked in it. It's very nice. But anyway. So it does the dunking for you? (laughs) It just tastes lovely. I made it for someone else and they weren't quite so convinced. But yeah, biscuit tea, lovely. Now, this book, The Joyful Environmentalist, uh, that was mentioned quite a few times by Mia, by Isabel Losado, the, what I love about the, about it is the tagline is how to practice without preaching. Well, I think we need Mia to get this book as soon as possible because that's something she needs to work on. Just don't go beyond the the the, the cover. That's all she needs to read, doesn't she? Yeah. I don't know. Did you what did you think about Mia? Did you share my views on what a wet weekend she really was? She's very, very earnest, isn't she? Uh, she needs. She, I, I, that's why Chelsea would be good for her. And I think that the, the, the chap's idea. There's some. There's a kernel of a good idea there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. um, they both. They both, as Stephen said, could learn off each other. And I think Chelsea could could make her enjoy herself more. And certainly, Chelsea. She's bright. She would be receptive. I think to what, what Mia might preach to her. <laughs> But um, she would make her less preachy. So, yeah, I mean, I, she's a she's a, a, a idealistic uh, teenager who just needs to, to uh, chill, Lil, as uh, Chelsea said. I think <laughs> uh, she, she's essentially a very nice kid. I think, and she was 
old, old beyond her years to a certain extent because of the way she mm. sorted out um, Eddie and uh, Clary and the fact that she didn't want that ceremony. So, and equally, you know, Chelsea showed her her, her people skills as well. It just very quickly, uh, well, the way she handled Lillian for a start, um, you yeah. know, <laughs> take that look of your face, whatever she said. Uh, and um, and also the way she calmed things in, uh, when uh, Jazza stumbled on her giving Blake a haircut as well. She handled that very well, mm. calmed it down, and they were off down the pub for a pint and a pie before you could uh, blink an eye. So they're all, they both showing real maturity as well, yes. as well as a lot of immaturity. I think they're, they're both being very well written. I do. And, and well, well performed, well acted. Yeah. I suppose at that age, you haven't learned, Mia hasn't learned how to uh, sort of direct her concern for the environment and, and the planet and to, sort of win people over mm. almost a sales pitch rather than just um yeah she's, repeating all these facts that's she's, that's what she needs she's still going through her greta phase i think isn't she yeah yes yeah oh dear very good Stephen. though love that call thank you very mm. much thanks to all our our caller and those are the calls but you can send us an email or a text if you prefer so how can dumpty dummers do that quentin Yes, as ever, you're very welcome to send a text to 07957 167 696. Remember, if you're texting from outside the UK to add a plus 44. If you prefer to send an email, that's easy as well. Visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Do get your calls, emails and texts in by just before noon on Sunday as we record at midday UK time. And remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And another thing that you could submit that we're very grateful for is a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. It does really help raise the podcast up when people are, are looking for what to listen to next. And we need to say a huge thank you. We need to thank Mumbwe. Mumbwe, whoever you are, thank you so much for your lovely review. It it just made us smile, didn't it, Quentin, when we saw it this week? It is. Uh, I think it deserves a readout, don't you? Oh, yes. Go on. Go on. This is how you write a good review, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Mumboy says it's the pod I look forward to most each week. P and Q guide us brilliantly through the quirks of the Archers' events and characters with funny and often insightful contributions from the wonderful Dumpty Dum community. It's a gentle and not in your face pod that is inclusive of all listeners. Ah, oh, well, thank you, Mumboy. That's mm. what we do aim to do, don't we? That so, is really kind. It yes, is. Um, so if you feel the same as Mumboy please go to the Apple podcast site and, and write a review because it um, boosts the profile of, of the podcast and uh, bumps up the charts, doesn't it? It certainly does. And now we need to go from our caller inners and our podcast reviewers <laughs> to our email and our texter inners. <laughs> and our first email this week is from Christina. Yes. And uh, her subject is Tractor Map Meetups. And she writes, Morning, Philippa, Quentin and Dumpty Dummers around the world. Christina, otherwise known as Sally at Saturn Express on the Twitters here. And she says, I loved your second video for Patreon supporters and seeing uh, Southall's Cathedral in the background. 
I see we're all thinking about resuming meetups, and to that end, I use the tractor map to reach out to the pin closest to mine, 45 minutes away by car. The messaging functionality doesn't work, so I just Google the person and emailed her at work. Result, Paula's still listening to both the Archers and Dumpty Dum, and we're going to meet up soon. Hurrah, that's great. Hmm. Um, and she, Christina goes on to say, the irony is that I've flown to both Birmingham and Toronto for meetups and drove seven and a half hours to Ottawa for another. Amazing. When all this time, I could have had a meetup in my back garden. We're going to meet in my little town of Rochester, and I told her she's going to love it because of its waterways, green spaces, and historic downtown. Keep in mind, Europeans first settled here back in 1817, so, um, yeah, Southwark Cathedral, standing firm behind you, Quentin, kind of attenuates my use of the word, doesn't it? Keep up the great work, and thanks to everyone behind the scenes. Ooh, that's, Mm. I, I love getting an insight into people's commitment to this program of the podcast the fact i mean she obviously lives in canada which is huge and what we regard as vast distances are just seen as a trip down the road to canadians isn't it but Mm. she drove seven and a half hours to ottawa to meet a fellow dumpty dumber no it's amazing you and i have never actually physically met philippa this puts us to shame Yeah, actually, I don't actually exist, Quentin. I'm just a computer <laughs> a virtual assistant. You're a bot, aren't yeah, you? <laughs> I am. I am. And I should say that all the questions that you very kindly sent me in for me to ask Quentin were included in that uh, Patreon video. So uh, it is available. Ah, so those questions came from Christina, did they? No, no, no. Sorry, just in general to ah. those people that sent in the questions. I just remembered. I should say they were all used. So thank you. Yes. So. J- j- just remind briefly, everybody, Philip, if, if you want to see that video, how, how do you do that? So you can, there's a link on the website, or you can just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, type in dum-de-dum, you'll see us there. There's different levels of commitment, but for $2 a show, you get some extra content, and we know we need to keep doing that, so uh, next month there'll be something as well. And uh, yes, there'll be the video there with me asking Quentin, and he was slightly cold, the questions that you'd sent him. So thank you, Christina. Great to hear from you. Yes, that was wonderful. And um, uh, I know you're not feeling so good at the moment, so I'm just sending our all of Dumpty Dum's best wishes and hope you and members of your family feel better soon. Yes. And now our second email is from formerly cycling Christine. She has an issue with the events of last Sunday. And she writes, the stupidity of Sunday. Sorry, I can't call in this week, but I was very annoyed by Sunday's episode. It takes just one small thing to spoil an illusion. And so it was in last Sunday's episode. Given at one point Eddie was happy to be having a knees up and partying Grey Gables, how on earth could he and Clary be leaving on the 7pm Eurostar? You would need to allow at least an hour to check in. A straightforward drive from Borsetshire, aka Worcestershire, is two and a half hours or more and surely you'd need to build in extra so they would be leaving almost before the party started not to mention the ridiculous idea of eddie driving the limo there where where on earth would it be left near st pancras and don't get me started on the awful drunk vicar storyline we listeners deserve better christine 
Christine, I hadn't even occurred to you. See, you are so analytical in this. You were analytical in providing information on if um, uh, the farm was sold and the allocations to different members of the family. And here you are analysing how long it takes to drive from Ambridge to St Pancras and how long um, they need to factor in for extra time. And you are right. Where are they going to park this limo? And surely the limo is quite an expensive car to run. So why would you drive it for that long a journey why not just get the train anyway it's it's all a bit it's all a bit strange so yeah i agree christine well christine your observations about the logistics of getting from ambridge to the eurostar in time uh were shared by other people on twitter it caused a great deal of consternation i have to say because the time frame to get to St Pancras was very tight and <laughs> people were looking up timetable, train timetables, <laughs> the commitment of people to this program. Brilliant. Essentially saying this was impossible, they would never have made it in time. Um, and the parking issue is obviously a big one. So uh, I think we have to give a little bit of poetic license to the scriptwriters on this one but um yeah it would have been very very fine christine not happy with a drunk vicar storyline she expects better oh that's a wrap across the knuckles it was it was as i said before fun first time of listening the, the second time was a bit silly um, here's my question though so eddie had already committed clary to do the tidying up the next day when the party was in the ballroom hmm. And he said how this this Paris trip had been, they'd been saving up for it for a year. So yes. this had been booked some time ago. And yet he assured Oliver that Clary would be there at the break of dawn the next day with a broom and a, and a, and a mop to clear up everything from the party. How would that have happened? It's a bit strange. Ooh. Inconsistency. Well spotted, mm. Philippa. Thank you. Thank Very you. gold star to you. Well done. <laughs> and of course, a gold star to formerly cycling Christine for that wonderful email. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And now, Quentin, you need to take a deep breath, compose yourself. Oh, it's that moment, isn't it? Yeah. It is. We have an email. They're back. It's a non of Ambridge. And they've got a question about hairstyles. Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, I'm sorry. I haven't been in touch for a while, so are we, Hanon. <laughs> Life in Ambridge has been so busy. My question for you this week is about hairstyles. I've heard that Chelsea is offering pixie haircuts, but I think I prefer a simple cut. Should I dare to be different or keep to what I know? Thank you, Anon of Ambridge. Um, because we don't know the length of your hair at the moment <laughs> or how much hair you've got. So we've got to assume that Anon of Ambridge has hair. You could go the full hog. We have to assume Anon of Ambridge has hair. That's a hilarious that, That's a first, one. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, go on. They might, they might be bald, so this is a completely pointless question. Well, I'm sure they wouldn't have sent the question well, if they didn't Or they're hair. trying to make us look like fools. That, that doesn't say much, Quentin. I think just rewind <laughs> to the beginning of the episode. <laughs> the proof, <laughs> the evidence is there, it my is. lord. <laughs> oh, I don't. I mean, you could go full Chelsea, couldn't you, Anon, who <laughs> was doing a bit of preaching, wasn't she, about the benefits of having an incredible haircut and how it changes the way you feel about yourself. 
clearly had a huge effect on Lindy. So yeah, go on. What the hell? Go for it. Yeah, have something different. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe she was going on about curtains or something for Blake. What, the hell? what on earth are curtains? <laughs> yes, and this Jack, whatever his name is, getting the haircut done like that. Oh, I want to ask Grealish. you about that. Oh yes, uh, yes. Jack, oh, no, Jack, Jack, into... Jack Grealish, Philippa. Yes, yeah. What, what do we know about Jack Grealish? Okay, so he's a footballer. He plays for Manchester something or other, and he was in the England thingy, what's it? And I only know that because I saw Purple Pumpkin mentioning it on Twitter this morning and you saying, aha, Philippa <sighs> won't know anything about it. So you see, I've caught you out. I found you there on Twitter. You being... were Googling, weren't you? You were Googling. Yes. He looks about three years old. That's that's he's the extent a, he's, of my research. He sets heart rates pulsing, don't you realise? He's got really well-groomed eyebrows. He's a child. Does he have to wear a bib when he goes for his dinner? He's got really sexy, honed muscular legs, apparently. And he Fair wears enough. an Alice band. I did notice that. So is that what Chelsea was proposing for Blake? Some sort of Alice band feature? I don't know. She was cutting him at Jack Grealish, uh, presumably. Yeah. Um, mm. Mind you, uh, uh, Giuseppe on uh, the winner on Great British Bake Off, he has an Alice band as well. Yes. So maybe it's all when in the band. When he's cooking. When he's cooking, yeah. 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 Um, can I just check? Uh, you said Manchester something or other. Which one? <laughs> which side does he play for? Philippa? The football team. That's a, a big football team. So what football teams have we got in Manchester? Just the main ones. So. You've got Manchester United and Manchester City. I didn't so know that. Who does he play for? And he plays for Manchester City. You've been, you're Googling it, aren't you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's just the pause. I could tell there was a Google pause. All right, before you can... Like, right, put the phone down. Put the How much was he transferred <laughs> for? Um... They offered him some biscuit tea and oat milk and he said, I'm in. The bearer of biscuits, a mate for life. He was in with that. Yeah, Aston Villa were happy with that. They said, forget the 100 million, we'll just go for biscuit tea. That's right. 100 million pounds for someone who kicks a ball? Yep, 100 million quid. Yeah. And they they were thinking of paying 120 million for Harry Kane as well. (gasps) He's another footballer then, is he? Harry Kane, yeah, he he kicks a ball okay. around a bit. He's occasionally, you know, he, I think, yeah, he sounds some, like a DJ, not a footballer. Yeah, he, he's, he's he's got quite an important job in the England team. He's captain, but apart from that, yeah, he's he's not right. very well known for his footballing. Anyway, not bad. Uh, thank you very much, Mister Google, for giving <laughs> Philippa the appearance of knowing anything about football. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do you think? Any, yeah, answer Anon's question. Sorry. What do you think? Okay, well, my advice, having had a radical haircut earlier this year, admittedly for charity, but still, uh, if you're going to have a, a, a bit of a radical cut, make sure you've got growing hair that you can grow back because that's that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. I'm considering putting my hair in fertiliser because it's not growing quick enough for me. So go for it, Anon of Ambridge. Go, go with it. If it makes you happy, go and ask Chelsea because it sounds like she's a brilliant hairdresser and uh, just then if you're not sure about it grow it back that's yeah that's what you can do it'll be fine go and for there it, we go saying. go for it yeah <laughs> uh, thank you all for your calls and your emails we value them so much please keep them coming and now to our bookish item our dumdy book dumb 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So, um, as you know, I do the QuickBook Reviews podcast and I ask authors now when I'm interviewing them each week if they listen to The Archers. And uh, this week I was, <laughs> was interviewing an author called Jodie Taylor, who's written the St. Mary's series uh, and the Time Police series, marvellous books, um, all mad as a box of frogs, but brilliant books. And we were talking about humour at times of adverse adversity. And of course, we were talking then about The Archers. And this is what she had to say? I think that's a very human thing, actually. There are loads of instances where people have faced disaster um, and joked about it. Um, um, There's a bit in St Mary's where David Sands is blown up by the time police and loses his foot. His foot gets blown off. And he actually lies there and shouts, I've lost my foot. And somebody shouts, no, you haven't. It's over there. Um, Which is just so typical, really, of of people when faced with a crisis, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. Humour is a coping mechanism. Going from the crisis of uh, of that experience to all the crisis of listening to the archers, you have at some point in your life listened. I have, yes. Um, it was always on when I was a child. I, I think my mum was quite a fan. Um, and then there, I took a, a, a long break away from it and, and sort of forged around the world. And then I shared a house um, with a lady who was a huge archerist fan. And she would disappear into the kitchen 
and we would hear dumpty 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 dum, and the crash of pans and frying pans, um, and she would cook while she listened to the archers. Um, and at the end of it, dumpty 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 dum, and there was a fabulous meal on the table. So I've always equated the archers with good food. Um, I'm not sure whether I should actually. So if Sorry. you if you hear that tune now, do you get hungry? Yeah, it's Pavlov's dogs. I'm dribbling all over the place, you know, saliva down the chin and everything. Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. She's, Very good. That she, made me laugh. She's never had Ruth's food, has she? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Lucky her. I, anyway. I think we should get sorry. her to sing a, a Dumpty Dum. She's got a lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's just a thoroughly funny and nice person. But anyway, from Dumpty Book Dum to Facebook and our lovely Dumpty Dum community there as we sit back for the roundup with our Katie. Now, Katie's a new recruit. So each week of the month, we have a social rounder opera. We have Sue, then Stephen, Sandra, and now Katie. And if there's a fifth Sunday in the month, it's with a spoon. Katie is an avid Archers listener and she's an avid Dumpty Dum listener. In fact, I met her on Instagram through her splendid Dumpty Dum posts. So welcome, Katie. Hey, up, my ducks. It's Katie here. At KTP Land on Twitter and Instagram with your social media roundup. Sunday's episode saw Eddie and Clary's vow renewal shenanigans, I love that word, as rightly put by Caroline Wright, who had an in-depth look into Eddie and Clary getting to London by train in time for the Eurostar. Paul Norris also posted about the vow renewal and the fact Alan was a little bit drunk to say the least. Martin van der Hervel was picturing the headline on the Echo the following morning. Vicar found legless in shed and wondered what Shula would say to that. Emily Pettingill said she didn't know whether to laugh or cry when Clary was so moved that Eddie had stayed sober enough to remember their special day. And asked what did we feel? After Chelsea was brought in to give Linda and Lil a makeover, Sarah Spilsbury said she'd always imagined Linda with a pixie crop anyway, and asked if anyone else had any strong ideas about Ambridge folk's hair. That created lots of discussion in the group, which is definitely worth a look at. But I especially loved Guy R. Williams imagining Tom with a mohawk. Tuesday saw the bribed friendship blossoming of Mia Grundy and Chelsea Horobin. And don't get me started on the shock of oat milk in your tea. I asked what other chalk and cheese pairing you'd like to see. Some of the suggestions included Gillian Corrigan offering Brian and Bert Horobin. Guy R. Williams worried us all with Russ and Chelsea. Ugh. Katie Bradley went for Rory, Steph and her new husband. Jean Bell went for Blake and Lily, which would definitely be a case of cat amongst the pigeons or turkeys, well put. And Witherspoon said the pairing we all love, Jim and Jazza. Shouldn't work, but they ruddy do. There were two great videos shared this week. One from Sharon Weldon, proving it's not just Will and Oliver doing fab turkey impressions. And another from Andrew Stainthorpe, who thinks he's found the gif of Alan staggering round after his Grundy cider. Rob Williams set up a poll about who grassed up Alan and the winner, at the time of going to press, was George with 35% of the votes. Shula and Sabrina Thwaite came second and third. Witherspoon sent a happy Thanksgiving message to everyone and asked which Ambridge resident has much to be thankful for. Rob Williams questioned if it was just him being old regarding the use of the term garms. 
Royfield jumped in and confirmed that he is down with the youth of today and that they do in fact use the term GOMS. Candid Beeching and Lynn Rafferty backed him up too, while Chris Walsh shared the best insult we've heard this week when Chelsea called Mia a soggy lentil. Ouch. I think Charlotte Yarker put it perfectly when she said Thursday night's episode was confirmation that she, and all of us I think, blimmin' love Chelsea. Hear, hear. Zoe Picton shared some sad news about dumpty dog Charlie passing away this week. Sending you lots of hugs. He was a warm welcome addition to some of the dumpty dum Covid Zooms. All that's left is for me to welcome the new additions to the group. Make yourselves known, settle in with a cuppa and let us know your thoughts. Until next time. Well, that was great to hear from Katie, her first uh, social mm. roundup. Uh, interesting, she started with Ayot Miduk, which makes me think that she must be from the East Midlands, because that is, this is where I live, that is a real East Midlands phrase, particularly from Nottingham. So can you tell me, is she from the East Midlands, Philippa? She is. In fact, she's your next door neighbour. Didn't, didn't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why she's looking at me strangely. <laughs> yes, she says, I know Quentin from East Midlands today. Hashtag celeb. There you go, Oh, Quentin. bless. So I didn't put her off. Amazing. Um, so they, yeah. So welcome to the socials, Katie. And we look forward yes. to hearing from you again in about a month's time. Yeah, thank you, Katie. That was absolutely super. Your first social roundup, super. And thanks to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us there. Yeah, um, and I posted something, didn't I, this week, um, Philippa, because um, once every once in a while I do ask our listeners who are also on the Facebook group, just as a matter of interest, to find out where and when they listen to this podcast it's always interesting throws up some some fascinating answers and we got loads of responses so we won't go through them all this week but we'll probably put out some again next week i think philip but um these are the ones that we picked out for this week isn't it Uh, so um we heard from uh, zoe jane battiscombe scott uh, and to the answer where and when do you listen to this podcast she said in bed (laughs) sends me to sleep (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wake says, up no. Zoe wake up she says no 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 in a good way then I listen again to bits I missed and I must <laughs> declare interest here Zoe is a friend of ours <laughs> so, oh really so next I, I shall have an hour with her and say what we send you to sleep um, but no, this is comforting we're comfort- yeah, this is a understand. consistent theme in the answers wasn't it that <laughs> a lot of people nod off listening to us and then they yeah. pick up the next morning so so, so that's for, from Zoe who, who else have we heard from yeah, we've had uh, Margaret Slading, who listens to it in Paris on the Sounds app. Oh, Has my goodness. She's there cool. with Clary and Eddie. <laughs> yes. No, she's on the Eurostar out of Paris because they're yeah. there. Uh, how cool is that? Paris on the and, Sounds app. Yeah. I know. And then Cathy Grant is a dog groomer, and she says, I listen with my first dog on a Monday morning. I love how the dogs look at me quizzically when I laugh out loud. <laughs> I love oh, that's great. The fact another, that we make people laugh, I think that's yeah. Great. Also, heard from Gillian Corrigan, and she said that I'm a night shift nurse and she works in central Florida. And she says it varies when she listens. She says, often when I'm in bed, sometimes when driving, and get to listen or re listen to half of it on my 30 minute 3 a.m. work lunch break. Imagine having oh, your lunch goodness. at 3 a.m., but she's listening to us then in Central Florida. And listening Florida. to us. Yeah. yeah, my goodness, Gillian. 
Wow. Um, and then we have uh, Fiona Vicock, who listens in her studio. She's a potter. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, especially when I'm glazing, as those days are continual rotation of varying buckets and hands are always wet. Fiona, that's wonderful. Do we inspire you to make incredible pieces of art? No, no we just drive her potty, I think. Oh, uh, Pitching, I'm here all week, right. <clears throat> Heather Loveybond says, I listen to the Archer's omnibus on the way to my mum's and Dumpty Dum on the way home. It's perfect as the journey usually takes an hour. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? <laughs> Hear the programme and listen to the nonsense that we spout afterwards. But no- Quentin, we're over an hour and, and Heather will, will be arriving back home and there'll still be some of this what? utter nonsense that she, we're spouting. She needs to go on a pointless diversion, I think. Yes, keep going, Heather. We haven't quite finished. Or she's praying for big roadworks, so she hears the end of the podcast. Nolan Hibbard says that uh, I live in Portland, Oregon, USA. I usually listen to the podcast while doing yard work or driving. That's such an American phrase, isn't it? Yard work or driving. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. Good to hear from you, Nolan. Yes. And then we have Sally Lakin, who's in New Zealand and listens on, um, she says, on my drive to and from work, sometimes with 13-year-old son rolling his eyes beside me. (laughs) Even after a few years of listening, I still get horribly confused trying to work out what the day and time in New Zealand time the episodes and podcasts are released. (laughs) No matter, it's a lovely surprise each time a new one pops up in my feed. Well, Sally, you're not on your own. I have a 13-year-old son rolling his eyes because while I'm recording this he can't play Fortnite because the shouting's too loud so I I share your pain (laughs) I I think Sally gets our long distance award this week doesn't she New Zealand Uh, and finally for the moment because we'll have some next week good to hear from Jo Edwards again she's still listening and she's still listening in the same way she was before she says still while I'm slathering (laughs) because our Jo slathers in the bath in her radox bath listening to us so keep slathering joe good to hear that you still are (laughs) and that's why you asked the question really quentin wasn't it you really just wanted to find out if joe was still in the bath with the radox and and your voice i did actually uh i'm a a happy man that the slathering is continuing (laughs) so keep slathering joe and everybody else and we'll have some more next week so those are some of the responses on Facebook. But of course, we're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. You'll see our team always include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A. That's so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets as well. Also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review with a three, not a W. How about you, Quentin? Yes, you'll find my archer's chunterings at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. And now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. Aha, yep. Let's start in, in bronze position. And it's uh, an old friend of the tweet along, Sally Ronaldson at Milan Fred. And you there was a throwaway line, wasn't there, Alan, when he was given this awful speaking task as punishment by the um, by the bishop, and he was saying, oh, it's going to ruin my Christmas, and I won't be able to have the family Christmas that I wanted. So in response to that, Sally says, Lord, Amy, on Christmas Day. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's it, dreadful. It would make you want to give that dreadful speech it's either that alan or amy on christmas day so sally that gets you the the bronze tweet in silver position it's becky at archer's oat cake she says gosh 
carry on up the turkey shed and it shouldn't happen to a vicar all in the same episode. Yes, we take your point, Becky. <laughs> uh, that gives yeah, you the excellent. gets you the silver medal. But uh, you'll like this one in, in goal position and it really uh, was unassailable this week. Uh, it was posted by Isabel Lasada. Uh, Isabel ah. Lasada, the joyful environmentalist. Yes, the book. And she tweeted, the joyful environmentalist has been mentioned in the Archers twice. Can anyone even imagine how utterly chuffed I am? A national institution, day, week, month, year made. (laughs) So she's thrilled (laughs) to bits. So Isabel, not only have you been mentioned twice on the Archers, you've also won the gold medal on the Dumpty Dum podcast. So my word, what a week, what a month, what a year you've had. Your cup overflows. Congratulations. (laughs) And she was mentioned twice on this podcast as well, because we mentioned the book earlier on. So, yes, twice on The Archers, twice on Dumpty Dum. It's just never ending, this this wonderful joy, is it? Uh, But we need to start winding down. So thanks again to Stephen for his fabulous tune and for calls and emails and texts from Stephen, Rob, Jen, Bernadette, formerly cycling Christine, Anon of Ambridge, Christina and the author Jodie Taylor. Thanks also, of course, to our social media supremos, Katie on her first one this week, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Mia and Chelsea collaborate, offering a hairdresser using only oat milk-based products? Will Alan use TikTok videos and humorous gifts as part of his speech to the Operation Borsetshire Benevolence? Will Oliver make an application to be adopted and change his surname to Grundy? (laughs) And will Tracy the turkey make a bid for freedom to appear on this year's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? All will be revealed next week. (laughs) But for now, it's a bye-bye from me. And I'm off for a radical restyle at a knockdown price. Bye-bye. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 